episode number 16. Welcome to the Tarn Running Shirts, hosted by Tom Bryan and Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, how's, how's, how's things been going then? Things have been going good, thanks, what? Kyle. We've, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, had a bit of a busy week. We were catching up with Charlie Bannerman last night, so this week we've got a chat with Charlie for all the, the listeners to, to hear his thoughts on Scottish Athletics and, we'll, we'll, and, and a little bit on 5K training, which is really good and good of Charlie to do that. And we've been watching the Euro Champs, which is cool. Looking forward to talking about that. Absolutely, Tom. It'll be, uh, it's going to be another fun-filled um, run for everyone while they're listening to the big TRS podcast. So, Indeed. good to see. Um, unfortunately, we're not we're not um, sitting together this time. So we're we're sitting sitting uh, in each a boin a boin. I'm not not even from a boin. <laughs> Alfred and Aberdeen. And I see, Tom, you've you've shaved that that gruff you had on your face. I have. I yeah, obviously. Decided that, that um, it was a it was a our house is a democracy and Fiona carries a, a slightly higher vote than I do so we are ah, uh, it's gone no I, in all honesty it wasn't I wasn't pulling it off it had to go well I was I was hoping you'd be inspired by Trailbeard obviously that's that's not the case so. maybe if I step up the back trails to, to ultra sorry I'll, I'll go for the beard back to be back to being a an under twenty age group athlete then. <laughs> Indeed, back to work. Unfortunately, is the, is the story this week. Uh, so, be, speaking of being back to work, then how are you getting on with your running? What have you been up to in the last week? Well, Tom, I'm always the one who chats about my training first, and I take the longest, and then everyone switches off, and nobody actually hears about your training. So, I'm going to turn this turn this around. Tom, how's your training been? That's very kind of you. I think the secret is the listeners don't care about my training, Kyle. That's the, the difference. But I will tell them anyway. My week has been... So last week was good. Um, last week, what was I doing last week? Uh, I was obviously back from holiday... Oh, sorry, I was on holiday last week. What am I talking about? So last That's week, right. I say, we, spoke, we spoke about this on Friday. So I got um, obviously a couple of dodgy guts of runs with these full of French food. But last week, a solid 80 miles, which I'm pleased with. So the... My last four weeks have gone, or three weeks if you like, 72, 73, 80, which is good. So I'm feeling good. The miles are coming back. Last week, in a nutshell, was a lot of easy running with a session on Wednesday in Annecy. I did a okay. three miles at uh, about half marathon pace, two-minute two recovery, two miles at the same pace, two-minute recovery, one mile at the same pace recovery, which was a, a nice wee session. So I really enjoyed that. And honestly, the pace felt good. I felt, um, felt you know, I like I like a session like that where you're the, the intervals are getting shorter, so mentally it's easier to hold the pace, which is, which is cool. So that was on Wednesday. Absolutely. So, so was it? Was that in, obviously it was quite warm when you were in Annecy. For our tips and the listeners, did you do it mid heat or did you do it at night time, morning time, after I, your fondue? I did it. Did you have a roll of food before you before you did your session, or was that during? Or what, that was. What did, no, no. How did you treat the session? So the session was it was a early morning, so I tried to get out just before eight o'clock. So, um, you know, breakfast breakfast about an hour beforehand, regularly fueled, uh, no wilder poos. It was all all well managed there. So no, it was fine. I did carry a bottle of water with me. Um, one of these, you know, these wee sort of uh, squidgy bottles. That are uh, that you fill up. They're soft, if you like, rather than a hard bottle. Soft. Everyone loves a soft bottle. Oh, yeah. a soft bottle. Was it one of those um, ones you can stick in a pocket? 
that that's kind right. of softball. That's right. Is. No, yeah, one of those ones that once yeah, when it empties, it's you can collapse right up. It's just a, it's a soft bottle. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a salmon soft I'm bottle. Right. I, I'm I'm pulling your leg. I know what a soft bottle is. As long as it, those hand, remember those hand bottles, the running ones. They're like you can run with them, and they've got handles. No, no, not one of those. Not one. Not the hard bottle. No, this but. Is, no, I'm, I'm saying though, like they're they're brilliant. They yeah, they're great. If you don't like running with a big bottle in your hand and you don't want to stick it in a bag, like the only downside with those is you you don't really get that much volume of water in them. I mean, you can get like a, I think you can get a 500 ml one, but I mean it's it's, quite it's like you're carrying a a kettle, <laughs> exactly. it's like you're carrying a kettle blaster. You end up with one no, arm. It's not the not the best. One arm strong. That's it. So, so I carried I carried water, yeah. which was to be honest, I carried water a because it was roasting and I really needed it. I drank the full 500 mils during the run but also I had obviously quite a bad stitch in London and I'm one of the things I'm trying to do differently this time around for Frankfurt is to actually drink on some of my runs some of the some of the sessions I'm just taking water although I wasn't fueling it was just water to uh to keep me hydrated there but also I think it's quite good to get the to get used to drinking on the move so so it was a good session so the the three two and one mile reps are bashed out about 540 ish which was which I was pleased with. That was fine. Easy running the rest of the week, uh, including, well, yep. except Saturday where I went for, uh, had, I did about just under 20 miles, so 12 miles leading into six miles at marathon pace. And the, the marathon pace miles, they, to be honest, they felt tough. You know, I had um, 12 miles on my legs the day before, 12 miles at the start of the run. So, you know, I felt like I could I hold the pace okay, but my legs really started to, to tire, which is, which I guess is the point of the session, and um, and yeah, hold, please don't manage to, to hold the pace there. So, so that was good, and then finished the week off with a cheeky easy ten on Sunday. That sounds uh, a great a great wee session, um, a great few days for you, Tom. Absolutely. And um, yeah. obviously, what I was going to mention was um, interesting. You did a session first thing in the morning. Um, was that on the sun the weekend as well? Yes. Yeah, and how do you find when you how do you find doing a session first thing? Because um, I know a lot of, a lot of listeners, are, you know, they've asked me in the past, and you know, not just listeners, but a lot of people are like, you know, how do you find a hard session first thing in the morning? Do you do you, you obviously you 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 had breakfast an hour before? Um, do you get up an hour before? Do you get up really early and two hours before? Or what, what's your strategy? So, firstly, sessions in the morning, I hate them <laughs> as a as an opener. I So I got up, so in this case, I got up just before seven, had my breakfast straight away, went out just before eight. So it was about an hour. But the problem I find is it's not so much eating and, you know, I can get my breakfast down and an hour is okay for me for it to settle and to to deal with the the uh, evacuation of of of, uh, of the guts to be try not to be too that's ab- absolutely that's yeah. what i need an hour is fine but what i find is just pottering around the house you know getting my breakfast i'm not moving enough that my legs aren't loosened off so um that i mean in that case i had a two mile warm-up which was fine and the, but the first mile of the warm-up is pay is painfully slow not pain not painful at all just really stiff and creaky and i'm thinking oh my god i'm running i'm crawling here i cannot imagine trying to get myself up to sort of 535, 540, 550, you know, I cannot even imagine running at that pace. But it's yeah. amazing how after the bit of a warm-up, 
I threw a couple of strides in towards the end of the warm-up and it did loosen off a bit. Um, but what was quite funny, actually, because I was out in, in the lakes in Annecy, sorry, with my, my folks were there, and my old man went out for a run. In fact, shout out to him because he, he uh, is listening, I understand. He went out He's running the biggest... One of the fans of the show. It's he brilliant. Is, he is. He's loving it. Anyway, he went out before me, before I'd gone out. He went out to do a, a four miles, so two miles out, two miles back. So pretty much at the end of my two-mile cooldown, I got to where he was, and he stood there. He's going to be mortified that I've said this. He stood there at the side of the road, hands on hips, absolutely buckled, two miles from home. <laughs> and I was just, I thought, and it was literally as I'm starting the rep, I thought, do I? So I hit. I hit my lap, went, cracked on with the pace, immediately saw him, thought, do I pull over? Do I, pull, do I stop and say, are you all right? Or just crack on? Of course, just cracked on, <laughs> shouted some abuse, carried on. Uh, Fortunately, he was all right got there. True <laughs> guy. It sounds, like, it's, it's, it sounds like that. what happened to me last Monday. When wow. I was walking back, I had two miles to go and I had to walk back. Oh, of course, it happens yeah. to the best of us, Tom. In his, in his defence, uh, so yeah, as I say, shout out to my dad, Nick. In his defence, he did run back. He just took a little bit of a, a breather. In the, to be fair, it was twenty, like twenty-seven degrees, and uh, he'd been he'd had two days, two big days in the bike. One of which I'd, I feel <laughs> bad. I assured my parents, oh, this is not a much of a climb. You'll get up that. It's a category two climb in the Alps, and yeah, oh, I think they were cursing oh, no. me. So. We bit, the legs are a bit tired, but they got up, which was good. I was very proud that they managed to they managed to get up there. So, yeah. So back. So enough. Of my parents back to me. Yeah. Good week. The session in the morning. will answer to your question. I would always try and do them in the evening if I can. That's just me. But there, with with you know, being on holiday and being in a hot place, I thought I've got to get this out in the morning. Well, when what about you? What are you like yeah, in the morning I... sessions? Quite early on. Sure. That's a very good question. I'm not sure. I think it might be. I've actually I have no idea. I should probably I should look into that. It's a morning race for sure. Yeah. So so the Chicago Marathon starts at seven a.m. for me. So ideally I should be training my body to wake up at five a.m., have breakfast, um, do a good stretch, and mimic my warm up, my fueling, my warm up, my stretch, and everything, and then in the session so that. My body's not gonna mm. go. Whoa! What are you doing to but, me? Well, the when, question you've got when is when the time comes. To, when do you fly? Chicago. So the marathon's on the Sunday. When do you fly? We fly. When do we fly? Uh, we fly a week before the the race. Oh, so you're in there so a we week. Fly okay. the, ah, so you will be. Yeah, five days be, before the race. Okay, so yeah, you will need to get used to that because we were quite lucky in the sense we flew on the Friday. So to be honest, Saturday night I was still jet lagged out of my mind. So well, you know. I was still we were still operating five hours ahead. So actually, getting up at five, we're getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning was normal for me. So I, actually, I found I found the same when I ran Boston a few years ago. If you don't go to the, these east coast of the states race, if you go only a couple of days before, you're okay. But yeah, if you're there five days before, you're gonna have to think about how that's gonna be in terms of running at that time in the morning. What have I been doing? Um, well, I had uh, last week. I had quite a good day. Um, I was. I was mentioning about me uh, having to up my volume. So obviously I did Davos a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, so last week was probably the first week of, of getting some 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 good mileage in again. Um, so I managed to get up to about 84 miles for the week. And nice. um, I even managed to get a rest day in it, which was, which was good. 
Uh, I just felt like I deserved a, a rest day. Um, I think I did some swimming or something on the Friday. But uh, in, in general, I was, I think in the last episode, I, I was chatting about my disaster um, session run on, on the Monday with, with Debbie. So so it didn't start off well, and I had the banana guard. And that, that, it, was, it, was just, it was just a bad couple of days at the start of the week. Um, but then I did a session on the... That's it, exactly. And then I did a session on the Wednesday um, in the 20 times one minute. Um, around about the 5k mark with, with a one minute recovery along the beach which is brilliant because there was no wind no nothing so that that went quite well and like like I mentioned in the in the, the, the last episode obviously I'm I'm coming from the ultra the ultra marathon um, to the marathon rather than like the 10k to the to the marathon this this time so I'm having to try and improve my my speed do a bit more speed work and relative um you know relative to the marathon and, and hopefully that that reduces my mile splits and just basically getting a bit quicker per um you know for each mile is gonna gonna hopefully help uh when it comes to chicago because i've certainly got the endurance pace i just need to work on the speed so that's what i'm doing at the moment um as well as been trying to maintain and, and up the the mileage to around about 90 to, to 100 miles a week um and yeah, so that, that Wednesday was just a, a, a twenty times a minute, something fairly informal, not not too um, worried about what pace I was doing. Um, it was really just about how how I felt doing the minute recovery, focusing on technique and just being as relaxed as I can, but but trying to get a, a good cadence going and, and trying to be quite efficient. Mm-hmm. What I'm probably doing differently um, in the run up to Chicago is is doing a lot more flat rather than elevation. Obviously, you'll know, Tom, that Chicago's quite flat, isn't it? It is indeed. Flat as a pancake. Flat as a pancake. So there's no point in me going up Ben Everson every week. Um, so so a lot of my running at the moment is going to be quite flat, um, which is great because obviously at the Aberdeen, you know, work, I work in Aberdeen, there's a promenade, which is dead flat, pancake flat. The only issue is it's it can be a bit windy now and again, but hey, that's, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, so and then on the that's right. It's isn't that the windy city or something? The windy they city. It, they call it sure. that. Yeah, I windy think it's, city. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So on the on the Saturday, um, I mentioned that we we had an Olympians wedding, which is which is a first for me. Uh, Robbie Rennick's wedding, um, who was a, a he's Olympic silver medalist uh, for swimming. So yeah, it was it was quite cool. It, to go there and um, you know, met a, I met met a few other Olympians there as well. Michael Jameson, um, I uh, I introduced myself to him uh, and 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 told him what my uh, my my personal best was for the 37 seconds for the 50 meters. So he was he was dead impressed versus his uh, his 22 second or <laughs> 20 odd second um, pace that he goes at. So it was slightly embarrassing when uh, all, a lot of them were pretty pretty good swimmers and. You know, fairly fairly tall and big upper bodies, and there's little scrawny Kyle like marching about in his uh, in his kilt. With but the 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 thing what they were they were they were um, they were all looking at was obviously they've got big shoulders and stuff, but they all looked up they were all looking at the runners' legs. They've got runners they're they're dead impressed by runners' legs. So there you go, listeners. You know, if there's anything that you want to, to if you want to flout about, you know. 
people are saying, oh, I've got a big chest, I've got big biceps. Take your pants down and show them your quads. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And that, that, and I'm not saying I took my pants down and showed, showed, showed the swimmers my quads, but I had my kilt on, so I just lifted my, my, my kilt up and gave them, showed them, gave them a, a wee right. tense and they were dead impressed. So. Show them the, show them anyway, the, the twins. Show them, show them the the big pins, you know. So, so that that was good. Anyway, I don't even know where I was going with this, but yeah, had a wedding on the Saturday, which yeah. was pretty good. Um, and uh, before the wedding, we we headed to Linwood Park Run, and uh, I did a cheeky little park run. Now we uh, we we got there quite 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 late because Debbie typed in Linwood Park. Now typing in Linwood Park, there's a few parks in Linwood, so. We ended up in a, a a car park, which wasn't ideal. So we got there a few minutes before the race, um, and I just started off and uh, kind of used that that run as a. Sorry, um, Kyle, I'm going to stop you there. It's not a race. It's a run, isn't it? It's yes. it's a run for everyone, from from beginners to Olympians. Nice. So there you go. That's the that that's the tagline. Um, so anyway, talking about that, so I started off. Now I was in about eighth place at the start of the race, the run. Sorry, <laughs> Jimmy. My cat's my, my cat's trying to escape from the window again. Get down from there. <laughs> right, that's fine. She's down. Um. So yeah, so I was in eighth place, and this girl goes past me, and I'm like, "Who the hell are you?" Like, you know, and I wasn't going slow. Like I was going about five fifteen for the mile. So my, my, my aim was to do 5k around about marathon pace. Now I'm in eighth place at this point and, and it, like I say, it's a park run, right? So I, I was, I was a little bit golf smack, but then I realized why people go off quite hard because the, the trail's so narrow at the start and it is slightly downhill. So people can get a little bit carried away when they, when they, when they do it, you know, mm-hmm. so, but it was a bit of a pain in the ass, like trying to work my way through and, 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 and get to the, the, the leading pack, if you like. Um, so I just like there was two laps. It was actually a really nice course. It was just a long, it's just a trail, you know, what goes, you know, through through some from through some woodland woodland and um, and it's and again it's fairly dead flat. There's a few mm-hmm. corners which is which isn't ideal, but um, but yeah, just a narrow trail. But yeah, I just stayed with the leading pack, uh, and then in the last the second lap, the second half of that lap, uh, I pushed on a little bit and. And, and took the I'm not going to say the win because as you mentioned it's a it's a park run. Uh, I was the first runner home from uh, first runner home from the the park from the run. So so there you go. Um, well done. Tight. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I didn't get uh, I didn't I didn't wave my hands and in <laughs> glory at the end or anything like that. I just continued with my um, my session. So a couple of months a couple of months. Couple of minutes later, I went into um, wave runs. So I was running, doing a 1k rep, um, closely followed uh, straight into a 1k rep at a little bit slower than uh, maybe a minute slower, 45 seconds slower than um, than my 1k session, if that makes my 1k hard run. Yep. So it was around about. Um, so I ended up doing about. 13 miles or so, including the the park run. So it was quite a good session. Um, it wasn't the quickest of 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 um of times because of it being on trail and around um, you know, a lot of corners and uh, but I wasn't really too bothered about the time for that. I was just bothered about getting the the the, the type of session and um 
because I know that's going to help me for Chicago. So, so that was that was a good session. And then on the Sunday, um, we went along to um, just outside, just where we stayed in the Rob Roy Hotel, just slightly outside the wedding venue. And uh, we did a, a, a 20 mile. It was meant to be a 20 mile run. Um, now, uh, I ended up doing just under 20 miles. Uh, I didn't. My hip was a little bit sore. Um, my hip flexor was quite sore. I didn't know why, but and anyway, it's it's okay now. But I was just a little bit cautious, so I, I cut it a little bit short. Um, but Tom, going going uh, you know going going into like navigation, right? Now I don't know about you, but my navigation is absolutely terrible. Now I thought we were like I started off at the we started off at the hotel, and um, if I don't know if you've got my Strava up just now, but I've I assumed that we were going we were in about you know we're going in a, a kind of easterly uh, a westerly direction. Now at the time I, I assumed we were back at the we were near where we should be near the the finish line. We were in the completely wrong direction. Like where the Rob Roy Hotel is in in Aberfoyle. It was only a mile away. Now I thought we were about eight miles away from Aberfoyle, and then we ended up like running about ten miles, and then we ended up going in, in the we were on the other side of Aberfoyle, and I couldn't I couldn't get my head around it. I thought we were miles away from it, but we ended up in Aberfoyle, and I, I couldn't understand why. They've got my directions completely wrong, um, despite me even looking in the map and and even having my phone looking at the map, but. I'm going to say iPhone, Apple iPhone navigational. There's a lot of errors in that, like because it was saying we were we were eight miles away from where we were. Uh, so I had to stand there for like five minutes waiting for um, the, the you know the actual location to to actually know exactly where I was. It was just that. Oh, it was it was just uh, you know the the combination of map reading, my navigation. And uh, and running at the same time, it's just so poor. Um, but anyway, we got to the finish line and almost exactly the finish line, the destination <laughs> of where we're going to stop, where the car was, we left it in exactly 20 miles. All right. Um, for for so Debbie did exactly 20 miles. So I, in in a way, although we went the completely wrong way, it actually worked out to be 20 miles. Fantastic. Anyway. So what else beyond? Beyond our own running lives, what else has been going on in the in the world of athletics? Did you watch any of the Euro Champs last so week? We ha- well, not not really, Tom. Um, obviously, been away and um, mingling mingling with the with the Olympians. Uh, you know, I was um, I didn't really get a chance to 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 to, to watch as much as I would like to. Um, but I've got it on the BBC iPlayer, so great bedtime watching. Great. But yeah, no, it's a few a few great results. Um, obviously, Absolutely. we had Laura Muir's probably the the, the the biggest one for me. Um, you know, her winning the European, uh, probably it's a first major major um, title, I believe. It is outdoor um, title. So yeah, yeah, European. Yeah, which is you know arguably an indoor world title and a European outdoor title. I'm going to say that the European outdoor title is, is more prestigious than the, the world indoor um, I would, athletics. I would fully agree with that. Yeah, um, obviously, no disrespect to indoor indoor athletics. Um, I think the standard is is much higher in the outdoor. You know, and a lot of the 
all the big names are out for the outdoor sessions, uh, whereas in the indoor, you know, many of the top the top athletes tend to to train during the winter and and, and to use that as a good base rather yeah. than a sharpener. Um, so, yeah, so it was good to see the Lord um, smashing it up, really. Um, so I, so that... I, wa- I watched the I watched Laura's race, and you know, kudos to Laura Muir. She went in clearly, you know, clearly the favourite on in that field. You know, at the at European level, she, you know, after about four hundred meters, she turned it on and and went on led from the front, which was great to see. Really confident run. You know, you could look like on the start line, she was a little bit nervous, and I command she would be nervous, but she 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 led, she dominated it, she took it home, um, which was great. There was um Laura Waitman had a strong run, obviously um Great Britain as well, and she, she came home in third in the end, but really good to see Laura just dominate that, you know, and um great result for a Scottish running. Absolutely, yeah, no, really good really good to see two Brits on uh, overall in athletics. I think this is yeah. a one of the best that Britain have, have done in the, the events and even you know certainly in, in Scottish terms you know the, the, the sheer number of Scots um, in the the European Athletics Championships is, is impressive uh, for the size of our country you know the size of our country as well which is yeah. pretty good so uh, yeah obviously we had the um, the 1500 meter women final um, the marathon did you watch any the marathon, Tom. Uh, I watched, yeah, I watched bits of the marathon on Sunday morning, which was good. I guess what was also um, before we get into the marathon, just staying fifteen hundred, um, fifteen hundred men. That was a great yeah. final, you know, stacked field, absolutely stacked field. I mean, you, you know, it's, when you look at a European championship race and you look at, you think know, these are all guys who could mix it for a world win. I mean, the Inger Britson brothers, we'll talk about them. Unbelievable to watch them, and then you've got three Brits in there. Um, Chris O'Hare, Jake Whiteman, both obviously Scottish, and um, Charlie Grice. You know, absolutely fantastic yeah. race. Um, brilliant from uh, Jake Whiteman. Came through really well to take a bronze. But, I mean, Inga Britson, you know, that... Th- was he 17? Unbelievable. 17, yeah. 17 right. years old to win the 1500. Then, you know, you know, spoiler alert, he wins the 5000 the next night. I mean, what an absolute talent he is. So, fantastic race to watch. Really exciting to have a Scottish guy in the mix. And, you know, I, I thought Chris O'Hare was going to was going to snatch a medal, but Jake came down that home straight so well, timed his, 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 his finish to perfection. I thought he might sneak a silver at one stage, but amazing to see that. Really, really exciting to watch two Scottish guys mix it at that level. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I didn't didn't really get, a, I haven't really got a chance to to watch it all yet, but um, but no, to see um, to see that you know the time's not the, the fastest, but a lot of the you know people, I don't know if you look at the results, go, oh, that's not a fast time, but a lot of these events, certainly the world, you know, the championship, Olympic events, it's not all about times because the times are proven elsewhere in other races which time trial races it's all about tactics and getting to that finish line first um so so now really good to see um jake mixing up with a um you know with with, with that you know with that level of uh, that standard of, of competition um interesting yeah. about the ingebrits and um jacob is jacob isn't it? is that right yeah, jacob that's right the yeah. youngest one yeah. so he obviously he, he you know you've mentioned that he won two gold medals uh at the event 15 and 5k but he's also got a couple of older brothers as well, Henrik Ingebrigtsen and Philippe Ingebrigtsen, who are also um, middle distance runners. Well, they both ran. Both, they both ran, but they've both 
won European gold medals in the 1500 meters in the, the 2012 yeah. and the, the 2016 um, European Championships. So Amazing. they're keeping in the family for the last. Uh, obviously, the, the European Championships is it every is it every four years, Tom, uh, or is it every, every two? Every, I, every two years. Every I four, was, it's every, every two. two. I, I was at the last one in Amsterdam, which was two years ago. Yeah. I'm sure um, it's every two. So yeah, just uh, impressive, you know that. Those genes, like you know, those 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 kids must have incredible uh, parents to, to 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 do that, you know. Um, so so if you ever, I don't know if any of them are single, but um, you know, the the girls out there who want a, a a super child or a super super baby, get yourself over to Norway and 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 see if you can hook yourself up with one of the Ingebrigtsen brothers. But you know, the fact the younger so. one, Jakob, who won the two golds, what's amazing is in five thousand meters, you know, he he led that with such maturity I mean, when he went to the front I don't know like it was I don't know 33,000 metres 3,200 metres whenever it was he, he went to the front and he led it like you know he was he looked like you know a seasoned pro the type of performance you see from someone like Mo Farah you know and goes to the front controls the race you know really mature performance my own the so sad thing for me watching that was if only Andrew Butcher had been fit I think he would have really mixed it in there whether he would have whether he yeah. would have beat them I don't know but he would have certainly featured there um, but anyway, regardless, really cool. From an, as an athletics fan, it's exciting to see a guy like that come through. I mean, 17 years old. We can only hope that, you know, the the world champs and then Tokyo in 2020, he's going to really, um, you know, really feature at Worlds and Olympics now, which would be really cool. Yeah, really, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's a 17 year old to do that is uh, impressive. Um, my cat's the... been a pain in the. Do you know what? Well, my, cat, well, my cat's in that that tent in the room just now. Sorry. Chewy, get out of there. Well, while you deal with um, Chewy, um, the women's 5,000 is, is the other sort of distance event I really want to talk about. The, the highlight being Ailish McCaughan bringing home a fantastic silver medal. She was second to um, Hassan, which is no, uh, you know, to Sifan Hassan, uh, Dutch athlete. There's no shame there. She's a, a very strong athlete. And, you know, Ailish went into that knowing, you know, she, she was clearly a favourite for a medal. She was the second fast, I think, on paper going into it, and and she ran like that. And I've seen some interviews with her since, you know, saying that she was pleased she went in and she executed a race. And that was, you know, another example of seeing a Scottish athlete on an international stage running with confidence, running and really, you know, competing at the race, not getting lucky and snatching a medal. I mean, she she was there. She, you know, fantastic run and really pleased to see her come away with a silver medal there so so all in for the Scotland the Super 17 as Sal are calling them that we had there we took away five medals so Laura Muir with her gold Jake Mightman with his bronze in the 1500 Eilish McColgan silver in the women's 5000 and then um, Ailey uh, Doyle and Zoe Clark of course with the with a medal in the 4x4 so fantastic I think it's a great championship. It was great, generally great for the British team. I really like the format of having the European triathlon, swimming, cycling, gymnastics all on at the same time in different venues. I thought it created a yeah. really cool championship feel, and I, I, I don't know if they're going to do it next time. I hope they do because really, it's a really good way to create a bit of buzz about a lot of the sports. But certainly on the athletics front, very good, very good event. Here's a question for you, Carl. So we've had the European champs. We've got. We're two years out for the Olympics. Now, I heard on a different podcast, a very inter- an American podcast, a very interesting discussion from a US perspective. So I'm going to put it to you on a Scottish perspective. You're picking the 2020 Olympic team now. Who 
obviously form comes and goes, but based on these Euros, who, which Scottish athletes do you think right now you would lock down for a, a Olympic berth in 2020 from a Scottish athletic An Olympic... Olympic spot. Oh, jeez. Now, what discipline are you talking about? Dis- well, because I'll be here all night. So let's let's talk. Yeah, we don't want that. Let's talk about distance running. Let's talk about fifteen hundred meters and upwards. And I think outside of the guys who compete, I think we can probably say Butcher at five thousand and Hawkins at marathon. You'd expect and hopefully. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Butcher and, and Callum Hawkins those absolutely two are, are probably um, nailed on guys. But beyond that, what would you say? I'll let you go first. What would you say? So fifteen hundred meters and upwards, men and women. So you're talking about the GB internet, you know, GB events. GB so, team, but um, Scottish athletes. G- Scottish athletes. So it's 2018. So we've got a couple of years now. Everything, anything can happen in two years. However, um, forgetting about age and and you know being realistic of what the current athletes are are going to be uh, are going to be doing in in two years' time. Most of the targets are going to be the 2020 Olympics. Um, so 1500 meter women clearly Laura Muir clearly but you, yep. I mean injury injury aside Booker ticket Injuries, right now injury aside Laura Muir absolutely you know she's gone so, through so much she's, she's still quite young and um, she's still hitting PBs now that's two years isn't that long away it's only two big seasons of training really in the winter um, so yeah Laura Muir and for the men uh, obviously, Jake Whiteman is getting faster and faster. Um, obviously, Chris O'Hare. Chris O'Hare is a little bit older now. Now, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. But then, equally, he's still got a Scottish record. Um, he's still got a three. He's still hitting his PBs as well. So even, even with that, if he's not going to get a PB now, and he still, you know, lingers about that that time, he's still going to make the Olympics standard. Um, now, it just depends on who else is going to come on the scene. Yeah, you know. Uh, so who, that, that's probably my two for the fifteen hundred meters, and for the five k, we spoke about Andrew Butcher, and for the girls, Ailish McCogan, McCogan uh, I think you know she's still improving as well. I agree. I would also argue Laura Muir will be in that five k, and even if she steps up to the ten, I believe Laura would great. easy. That's a great easy, shout. Easy set to that. Um, I think that's a great shout for 2020. Laura Muir, 15-5 double. 15, triple? 15-5 oh, and sure, 10. Surely not. <laughs> you think? Who's done the triple? I don't know. <laughs> nah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's probably from from my side. Yeah. But then I'm just I'm just looking at, like, who else is there in, in Scotland at the moment, junior-wise, who's going to well, step I'm, up? Is there anyone at the moment? Well, we I have got a, a lot. There's a lot of talent coming through, but yeah, is it you could, too, you could put too early? Like, uh, you could put someone like, I think Gemma Ricci, you would say, is an outside outside bet. You obviously she made a European team here. I think she'd be an outside bet. Saul Sweeney? Saul Sweeney, yeah, absolutely. He's, 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 he's coming on. He's... Yeah, um, so I suppose we're at the. We haven't even spoke about Luke Trainer. I mean, look, look at look, look, look at Luke for the marathon. Yeah. Um, true, yeah. You know, he's and Rob, to do well, a, Robbie, Robbie as well for the Robbie, marathon. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Robbie mix. was. Yeah, Robbie was aiming for the 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 London the London Olympics. He wasn't that far off the time. Um, now I know the time's not been. It, it, I, I don't know. Has it been promoted yet, or has it been? 
Have you heard what the, the marathon time is yet? I don't think it has. I'm not um, sure. Now, if it hasn't been, I would be not kicking off because it's only in a couple of years' time. Now, if I was a marathon runner and I was hit, wanting to, to aim for the Olympics, I would want to know what that, that time is now. So that gives me a good couple of years. I mean, a, a year's plan is is maybe okay, but it, it's going to take some time, a lot of building blocks to get to, to that Olympic time for certain people. Um, and, and to know what that time is, is would, would certainly... But, I mean, obviously, you, you're still going to run as fast as you can for a marathon. Yeah. Regardless if you know the time or not, but um, I would, the World I certainly... Championships next year first in Doha, which I guess will be a sort of stepping stone for most of them towards. Uh... Yeah. yeah, but no, absolutely. Um, you know, Luke, Luke Trainer and Robbie Simpson are definitely. Um, you know, I, I would imagine they're going to try and try and hit for that. Uh, Luke Trainer, I mean, he's done a sixty-one half. Like you know, I mean, it's the second. Is it the second or third quickest half marathon? In uh, Scotland, se- um, second quickest, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, absolutely. If he, the way he's going, there's no reason why he won't be in the mix as well. Absolutely. So there you go. What about you, Tom? Is anyone else we haven't mentioned? No, I think sure there is, and I'm sure we're going to get the main the main name. I think I think we might see a bit of a change in the sense Josh Kerr. I think might come through at 1500, and I don't. I think I would love to see him hold on, but Chris O'Hare. Another two more years. I'm not sure. I, I would be, I would be expecting to see more from Josh Kerr and uh, and Jake Whiteman there. But again, two years. You're right. People can come through, and you know all it takes is a gr- the run of your life to get the standard, and the run of your life at the champ, the British champs. Bear in mind, it's first two home, and you're on the plane. So absolutely, you know, yeah. And and again, like we haven't really touched on like there's outside smokers who are maybe just mingling. They're in, you know, they're they're doing okay in races and even in local races. And all of a sudden, boom, they're in a yeah. different level completely because they've done something different in their training. Um, they've trained more. They've they've got a new coach. They've sorted the nutrition out. They, you know, they 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 do more strength and conditioning. Um, they've yeah. changed up. They've changed the discipline in their event because it's. The, the longer distance is more suited to their, um, you know, to their their physical makeup, uh, genetic, genetics. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite interesting to to see who's going to emerge from from the rising stars, you know. And yeah. that, we spoke about it already. Like, look at the, look at Andrew Butcher. Look at look at his. I mean, he's always been a, a good runner, but um, you know, he he looked at his training and he was like, well, I need to not really focusing all my my effort in running and then he changed and and that's where look at look at him okay he's injured but he's going to be coming back um back back probably you know biting for for more records and um getting getting olympic medals and stuff so yeah uh, yeah so it's quite exciting in that respect but hey i mean again in any in any um discipline regardless of what your your level is like always think about how you can improve and what kind of training are you doing enough training are you doing too much are you eating the right food are you are you injury prone so are you doing more strength work are you not doing enough strength work like think thinking of all these things and putting them all in the mix is going to make you a better athlete regardless of what level you're at so if you are are just started off in your 5k times at 45 minute like there's no reason why Depending on those factors, you could end up running a sub twenty minute five k. Exactly. You know, you might be five stone overweight. 
you know, when you lose that, and we we've already, we know people already who who've done that, and they've uh, they've managed yeah. to get PBs, you know, and and it's really really awesome to to see. Indeed. So anyway, so, we're we're, we're kind of we think we've got to the results yet. We're I rambling know. today. Aren't we? we are oh. rambling. It's good. It's good. It's all good chat. I think we're going to bore the listeners. So good, both. Good. So, if Good you're one of the two listeners, if you're one of the two listeners still with us, um, Charlie <laughs> Bannerman is still to come. We've still got a lot of good discussion to come, so bear with us. Anyway, that was really good. More close or closer to home, I should say. We had the Scottish Athletics Senior Track Champs this weekend. So if we just rattle rattle through them, I'll talk through the fifteen and I'll leave the five to you, Kyle. But on the fifteen hundred meters, the the gold was taken by Neil Gurley, three forty eight. Saul Sweeney in second in silver, uh, and Michael Ferguson of Aberdeen AC in third. And on the women's side, the Scottish champion this year is Jenny Selman, 4.34, with the silver going to Kerry McAngus, and third place going to Zoe Bates. Excellent. Yeah, good good effort there. Um, the 5K was won by um, Andrew Butchert's idol, Ali Hay from Central. Um, he ran it in 14:37. Again, it's uh, he he ran a, a low 14 minute 5k uh, a couple of weeks ago. So great result for Ali to still be in the mix and still be winning uh, championship medals uh, at the ripe old age of of my age, I believe. Um, wow. So yeah, well done, Al. Uh, yeah, I know why. It's just, it's just a fair age. Uh, 30, 32, I think he is. 31. Uh, Sean Fontana was uh, got got a silver. I think he's um, VP Glasgow, I believe. And uh, James Hoad from from Aberdeen, he settled for the bronze. So he's gone from the Fungal Hill race to uh, getting a bronze at the Scottish uh, 5K Championships. So great result for James. And the 5K woman was won by uh, our one of our interviewees, Mary McLennan, GB International 1651. Annabelle Simpson second, and Sarah Potter was third. Was third. Is Sarah Potter related to Beth Potter? Do you know? Good question. She because it's the same club, isn't it? That is a very good question. You know that hadn't even crossed my mind when I looked at the results, but uh, that's a good point. Any listeners who yeah. may have information on that, let us know. Yeah, it could be talent, a family. If, if if so, talent, talent and family. Yeah, the Scottish, the Inger Britsons of Scotland. That's right. Yeah. So and then obviously going on uh, a couple of other um, local events, we had the Dice Half Marathon, didn't we, Tom? We did indeed, yeah. The Metro Aberdeen Dice Half Marathon. So our, our our club half marathon, and I believe it was a success. And uh, we had Jason Kelly from Stonehaven winning that. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, Jason Kelly. Yeah. He was the uh, Jason was the first home, uh, followed by. Metro Aberdeen's own Dwayne Bat. So, I mean, Jason Kelly's one to watch. He's really come through. I mean, Jason, um, you only have to look at his times to see the progression there. It wasn't long It wasn't long ago he was running over 80 minutes, and now he's running what is very much a solo 75 minutes on the on the dice half course, and I fully expect him to, to go faster again. So, great year for Jason, a, a real talent who... Uh, we are hoping, breaking news, to have a Metro vest by the end of the summer. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, sign him up. He's on the... I say sign him up. We've signed him up. There you go. Breaking news by Tom. Oh, breaking news. There, so, there we uh, go. Wow, that's, uh, that's great news. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, well, I'm hoping Stonehaven Running Club aren't going to kick off that, that, that we've... Uh, <laughs> 
we've we, it, 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 it's 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 the the athlete's choice. It's an individual sport, it is. isn't it? We got my Bosman. We got my Bosman. The papers were we, done before the transfer window closed. It's all about right, board. It's right. all fine. What did you What did you pay him to? What's he? What are you is paying it, well, him to? to come? Uh, as we've we've, we've we've confirmed we'll give him free transport to the National Cross uh, in exchange that's, for a membership, which is a bargain. I mean, let's be honest, you know, that's it's a bargain. That's brilliant. <laughs> so Excellent. Well, and on, on the women's side, we had uh, so again it was a Metro Metro Aberdeen zone. Claire Bruce took the win there, which was good. So Claire, who's uh, coming back, Claire's had a, a few issues uh, injuries this year, but she's back running strong, and she she um, she finished in one twenty four. So a good performance from her. Brilliant. And second place was second female. Uh, was blah, 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 blah. Hazel Winus again? So well done, Hazel. Um, first vet as well. So great, great stuff. One twenty-eight. Third place was Alison Matthews again from Metro. So it was a Metro one, two, three. Always was. good to see. And going, I, I think you mentioned second place. Uh, third place for the men was Andrew Blackhall from Fraserburgh Running Club. First veteran as well in the one hour twenty-one. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, that was actually my, I think I mentioned this in the last show, Dice Half Marathon is my first ever half marathon. 12, God, how many years ago was it? it must be about 12 years ago now. How did you go on? What I'm did you gonna, run? I'm not gonna, I, can't, I can't reveal my time. It's We'll let the listeners uh, go to the power of 10 uh dot net oh is. don't tell them where it'll be go to www.thepowerof10.info and search for Carl Gregg you'll find his time moving on we had the we also had it was the Haddington Half Marathon this weekend which incorporates the East District Championships which is cool so the 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 East District Champion so the winner overall was Michael Crawley of Christophen who who ran a PB of 69.17 second place was Ewan Crawford PB I don't think Michael's yeah. PB is 69. Oh, beg your pardon, no. Sorry, Michael Crawley was a season best of 69.17. Jesus, thank God. You, if he's you. listening to this, then I think he's got a PB of 65 or he's 66. He's got a PB of 66.13. I apologise, Michael. Yeah. Michael. So, God. anyway, Mike, Michael is the East District Champion, 69.17 for the win. Ewan Crawford of HBT ran 74.51, which was a PB. And third place is against an athlete called Chunky Liston. Oh, Chunky, I know Chunky. That yeah, can't I know be a Chunky. real name. That can't it is. Be a real is name. It, it, chunky, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's called Chunky, but, but um, he's a hill runner. Okay. Uh, he used to... I've, I've, I did a race. It was in Italy. He was part of the the senior team for the World Mountain Running Championships. Um, wow. Oh, God. 14 years ago, and I was in the junior team. Uh, but he was a, he was a great runner back in, back in the day, and... Still mixing it up, good old yeah. chunky is so third, great, third great to see. Is uh, I believe his his first name's uh, Andy Liston, Andrew Liston, I believe. Okay, oh, I could right, be wrong. Okay. Some completely different. Uh, I think it's I think it's Andrew Liston. That sounds but, a bit more normal. I'll let you have that one. But, but no, nah, it's he's you know when you, when you've had a a nickname for so long, you just have to. It becomes your name, doesn't it? You know, I mean, yeah. your name. You, you always wear a t-shirt called Tommy, so we call you Tommy <laughs> from now. But. Nice. Anyway, so that uh, so that's um so that was the Haddington half. Um, yeah. Now that was well on the women. Just to close on that. Yeah, on the women's side, Chloe Cox she won. 
So Chloe Cox is the East District half champion for women. She ran 85-39. Now, what we haven't spoke about is the good old veteran, um, or our veteran, again, shout out to the, the Met- Metronians who, who went along. So big Stevie Buchan from Metro got a bronze um, in the veteran category. So man. well done, Stevie. I don't, I don't know if he listens to it. TRS, but uh, there's no way Steve listens to this. Steve, I mean, there's no way he knows how to download a podcast. He doesn't. He doesn't have a Strava or anything like that. So, so uh, how he's going to listen to a podcast and download that, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure we can we can let him know that he, he got a little mention in, in the TRS. But probably my um, my I would say the, the the best result of of the Haddington Half Marathon was actually. One of her own, uh, George McPherson, who uh, got the gold for yeah. over sixties. Now, George, like looking at George, right now, George doesn't look a day over sixty. You, you, you know, a day over fifty, to be honest. Um, now, George, George, George's time for for you know, bear in mind he, he's sixty. Now, what what was his time? Haddington, it was eighty-seven minutes. Yeah. For and he was 21st overall in the East District Championships. 21st and he's 60 years old, Amazing. right? Now That's a tough course his half own. his half marathon time uh, in Britain ranks him eighth, eighth put eighth in, in 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 this year. Now we're almost at the end of the the road running season, so in eighth place, eighth overall in the UK Fantastic. for a V60s, and phenomenal, um and. You know, going going over to uh, the marathon, his marathon, he's ranked 16th in the in in, in at the moment for the year um, for his age. So really good to see. So so well done, George. Um, really good, great to see you running really well and um, just keep it up and keep injury free and yeah, we'll, George, we'll be uh, looking at your progress. He's uh, a, 59 a years old. Uh, 258. He did 258. Like. That's what he did at 59 years old. Phenomenal. He's he's, a, he's, he's an absolute club legend, no George. He's... And, and he's a modest guy as well. Like you know, he doesn't. He you is. wouldn't know he's uh, how good he is until he runs. You know, he, he leaves it in the he leaves it on the on the running the running field. So really good to see. Well done, George. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, that's the Huntington half. We also had uh, the Sky 10K. Um, and obviously, what I will say, Tom, is we we obviously do a bit of research before the the podcast to find out what races have have gone on during during the weekend. Now, if if there's any organisers who do want a mention of, of their their result or um, the race, feel free to give us pop us a message on Facebook, um, and we'll certainly promote it for you. Um, and that that's to do with the the entries or the pop, you know, just to try and obviously get people to sign up or even just to shout about the results. So um, str- I struggled with a few few results where there wasn't any results available to, to download. So any organisers there, if you want us to shout out, make sure that, yeah, you get the results out. Now, I know that's a big task in itself um, to, to get them to get them up uh, before we mention them. But we, wouldn't, we, we unfortunately, we're not going to mention them if we don't know the full results. So, um, But certainly... Going into the sky thinking, I eventually found these results, and it was it was on Facebook, <laughs> so it was, it was a little bit difficult to find. But uh, obviously, it comes in with our, our, our theme of um, Charlie Bannerman. Uh, Jenny was doing the sky ten k, and she won the the race outright. So there you go. She she ran it in 
35-52, I believe. 35 oh. minutes and 52. So that first female and first overall. So that was that's fantastic to, to see. Um, and again, the second place was Ali Sutherland from Inverurie, uh, elite running club, elite running club. Uh, and James McInnes in 40 minutes and 44. So there you go. That's the top three for Fantastic. the Sky 10K. Very good. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's all. That pretty much up wraps in that, up in Tom, Scotland. Yeah. And going in international, you can talk about this because I, I believe you watched it. The Sierra Zanal. Indeed, yeah. So Sierra Zanal is a race that, I, I mean, I, I was aware of Sierra Zanal. It's obviously a, a very uh, a very famous um, mountain running race in, in Switzerland. I've known from headlines, you know, um, Local athlete friend of the show, Fat Simpson, Robbie Simpson. He's he's finished runner up there the last two years on the on the trot, and we were aware he was running. So when anyway, I watched it, it's a Salmon part of the Salmon Golden Spikes series, I think it was, which you gave a shout out to That's the right. the Mont Blanc Marathon. So like that, they did what we thought was cool at the time. And this is really cool. Is they provided footage of the race, live race footage of a race in the mountains. I mean, so there's a guy running. There's there's guys on bikes and guys running and drones providing really good footage of this race and the the i mean it's stunning looking course it also looks brutal i'll say that if you look at um if you find any say if you find robbie on strava and you look at his his race profile it's it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous the this race particularly in the first sort of like what looks to be about three to five miles is absolutely brutal uphill but um anyway so robbie Robbie obviously was second the last two years. He mixed it again. He went with Killian Yorney for a long way, but uh, in the end, Killian prevailed and Killian won. Um, he was about a couple of minutes outside the the course record, which I think is two twenty eight. Anyway, so a great another great performance to be fair from Robbie. Brilliant. I mean, to three years on the bounce to to finish second, and you're finishing second to a guy who's now won it six times is is an amazing achievement. So Robbie again proving that he's you know such a a major uh, you know international class mountain runner and we already knew you know with his commonwealth exploits he's such a strong um marathon runner so really cool event and i don't know about you cal but certainly it's now on my radar i would love to go and have that go at that absolutely um uh tom i, I you know i was obviously there's there's a lot of races on the, the calendar now and it's so difficult to to really um put all your your training in one uh, now it's one of these races for me that i would love to put all my training in and and class it as as a as a major event for me um now i know obviously robbie obviously did really well there but we also had a couple other um scots who were doing it andy douglas did, yeah. who, who he'll be on the show at some point uh, he finished in eighth place in 238 and we also had again we were regularly shouting uh, out Jacob Akin as well, uh, who um, took tenth tenth spot in two thirty nine. So in terms of going back to what we were mentioning about the the quality of of all endurance running in Scotland now, top ten in a mountain race like that. Now these just to put in perspective, there's the top ultra mountain runners all over the world get invited to go to this race and they get put up accommodation and free entry and stuff. Um, and I think there's about 25 elites will get get put up, so it just shows you the caliber of 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 this race and the standard of it. Um, so so have having three Scottish guys in the top ten is is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, well done to, to all three. It's really really good to see uh, he's doing so well. Um, so yeah, that that kind of rounds it up for for me in in the Zieres and Alves. 
and yeah fantastic so, so I think that's it in terms of results I think it is to be fair quite a, a, a lot to get through today um, so going so moving on to we spoke about uh, Jenny winning the Sky 10k we are going to put on the show Charlie Charlie you spoke to Charlie yesterday is that right Tom I did so so for listeners who are, you know a lot of our listeners are the majority are club runners so you'll be aware of, of Jenny Bannerman Scotland International um, you know medalist at Scottish uh, 5k champs and you know and anyway Jenny is coached by her dad Charlie Bannerman who's a who's a long-serving member of Inverness Harriers. Uh, Charlie, um, Charlie's got a really interesting background in, in running and coaching. And so, you know, we thought it'd be a really good guy to speak to. He's really been involved in Scottish athletics for, for a while. He, he He's one of these guys who really knows the sport. And it was, I'll be honest, it was a pleasure to chat with him. A, a really, really enjoyable discussion on what is, you know, it's a, a discussion about the, you know, athletics in Scotland. We touch on on 5k training and you know for listeners who are we understand a lot of listeners are keen to hear about 5k training so so we we touch on that and charlie gives his advice on what he would suggest for for listeners who um who are looking for that so it was a great discussion with charlie it's quite a lengthy discussion actually so we're going to break this into two parts so here we go part one with charlie bannerman hope you enjoy so i'm here with charlie bannerman of inverness harrier so good evening charlie good evening Good evening. So, for the listeners who are not aware of you, obviously we know you recently as a coach at Inverness Harriers, prominently recently coaching uh, your daughter Jenny to so a lot of success so over five and ten k and and beyond. And you know, but you've obviously been involved in athletics for for a long time in Scotland and you know on the Scottish athletics scene and and you were obviously a runner yourself in in, in your time. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, I started athletics in the late 1960s as a not very good 400 800 meter runner continued to be a not very good 400 and 800 meter runner through to the late <laughs> 70s and then by that point i was drifting over from competing into coaching so I didn't run much at all i did a lot of coaching certainly during the late 70s in through much of the 80s um, then I went back to, to running again and became a not very good uh, 10k runner with a bit of 800 as well um, age has forced me to drop out of that, but um, I've sort of been I've had a number of sort of coaching careers, and as much I've been in it for a while and out of it and back in it and back out of it, and most recently with with Jenny for the last ten years. So it's really been a bit of this and a bit of that. Um, in my youth, I also spent six years as chairman of the North District Committee of the Scottish Amateur Athletic Association when we had a Scottish Amateur Athletic Association. So uh, right. yeah, it's been a bit of this and a bit of that for over 40 years I must admit you say I mean you, you say that we you're still known to be uh to be wearing the vest recently though I mean I've seen you in a in a Inverness Harriers vest on the race circuit still today um in an Inverness Harriers vest but that vest isn't actually moving very quickly these days. <laughs> uh, I did do the Ben Roma 10k back in May in Forest and uh, I think it probably took me about a month to recover from that um, so I don't have any more 10Ks planned, but uh, 3 or 5K, maybe, but oh my goodness, Tom, it gets so much more difficult as, uh, as aging coaches. <laughs> oh dear. So, I, I mean, and as a coach then, I know um, another background that listeners may not be aware of, obviously, I, I understand you're a chemistry teacher as well. Um, I as was. A... I taught uh, chemistry in Venezuela Academy for 36 years, retired five years ago, which... Uh, 
has actually helped because it means, for instance, if Jenny's going to races and, and, and so on, or if her day off, you know, she's off during the week, and so on, I can I can be there. It's particularly good for getting to, to Friday races, such as the excellent Prom 3K in Aberdeen, by the way. Um, right. So that, that helps a lot. So yeah, retirement. There's an awful lot to be said for retirement, you know. And uh, so, in terms of your coaching, when did you start coaching? Was that was that straight after you? You uh, you finished running, or is that something you've done more recently, or is that you know you I know you coached some you've coached some athletes uh, you know into, into Commonwealth squads in the, over the years, and you know what about you, when did your coaching start? Well, I'm sort of in my third coaching career at the moment. My coaching started around about 1975, 1976, and right through to the the 1986 Commonwealth Games, I had a squad of sprinters, hurdlers, and high jumpers. Um, then family were young, so dropped out of coaching, started a bit of running myself. Then I came back into coaching in 1998. I did another Commonwealth Games cycle of four years, 1998 through to 2002, this time with 400 metres and long jump. Then withdrew again, and the third one has basically been 10 years now, mind you, since uh, Jenny came back into in between, I've done odds and ends for people. If somebody wants to help with a high jump run up or with a stride pattern in the 400 hurdles or so on, um, or a training program for a 10K or something like that. But um, it's been a, a rather a bit of a patchwork of a coaching career, I must say. Okay. I mean, so you so you start obviously with a bit of track. It sounds like mainly you know track hurdling. Um, is that it's always been track based? I know with, obviously Jenny's been very successful with 5,000 and then 5k on the road, 10k on the road and, and even into the half. Is that something you've seen through your own coaching come onto the longer or have you been coaching a broad range of events throughout these uh, these three coaching eras? I've been coaching a pretty broad range of events, although um, road running and longer endurance has been very much um, just Jenny the last 10 years. But um, beginning with sprints and hurdles and high jump, um, as it happens, I was very lucky to have two or three very good people in, in these events. So there was just a need for a coach in, in these events. So I, I got drawn in. And similarly, you know, when it came to the turn of the millennium, um, a very good long jumper and a very good 400 meter runner came along. So you know, that sort of prompted me to go, to, to go back in again. And I suppose third time around as well, you know, when, you, when your own family needing a bit of help, you know, that's equally a good prompt to, to get back in. So it's really been driven by the need that exists. And, what, and what's that like coaching your own family? I mean, obviously we're, you know, we know Jenny well. Fiona particularly knows Jenny well, having you know run together for Scotland and at many races, and uh, you know she's running at such a, a stand over the last year. As you touched on the Metro 3Ks, she's a loyal uh, runner at that as well. How does it? How does it? What is it like coaching, um, coaching your own daughter then compared to previously when you coached uh, um, other athletes? Is there anything different there? There are benefits. There are potential pitfalls, which you are, <laughs> if you're aware of them, you, you can avoid. But in terms of the benefit, I mean, you know that athlete better than you know anybody else, um, and there are certain things that you can anticipate and, and put in place and know how they'll respond um, and, and so on. Um, that's a big help, that, that's without a doubt. And I, I suspect that, you know, at an altogether higher level than Peter Coe, for instance, was, was coaching Sebco, I suspect that I suspect that, that kind of benefit probably applied there as well. On the other hand, what you've got to watch, if it's a member of the family and you're seeing them quite often in a, in a non-athletic context, you've got to make sure it just doesn't dominate your life and it just doesn't become too intense and so on. Because I, I think apart from 
perhaps challenging the the relationship, the family relationship you have, I think it could lead to athletic tensions as well. That's not been a problem with us, but I think as long as you're aware of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, swings and roundabouts. So as long as you emphasise the swings and minimise the roundabouts, <laughs> uh, you're probably okay. Yeah, obviously you are obviously doing something right with the results that, that you've been getting. And I mean, it's an interesting subject, coach-athlete relationship. I know it's something a lot of our listeners have come to us, you know, um, athletes who are running at a club standard who are who are not coached or who you know have coached themselves through books and in terms of what what's your position on you know say someone who's progressing well and is running i don't know say they're getting the, they're well under 40 minutes and they're, they're continuing to reduce their time say over 10k in terms of uh, getting some specific dedicated coaching what's your your position on that and uh and you know is there you do is that something you recommend athletes look to getting some um, some personalised advice from coaches? Oh, ab- absolutely. It's absolutely essential. I think once you once you get to, to the kind of levels you, you described there, I think there's got to be a fair bit more one-to-one. I mean, I'm a great believer in one-to-one because each athlete is an individual. This is hugely important, actually, Tom. Uh, each athlete is an individual. So whereas, yeah, a lot could be gained from, from the physical company of running in a group, there are individual requirements as well, which I think the better you get, the more essential it becomes to fulfil these individual requirements and make sure that the athlete's individual needs are, are met. So, yeah, group, group uh, presence, yes, but on the, on the other hand, um, the individual side is very important. I guess that's the benefit of running for a club. I know, obviously, with you know, Inverness Harris, you guys are a great example of... I know a lot of the guys there who are very strong at the moment who run run as a group, but I, but I, you know also aware that they they are getting some you know individualised um, feedback. And how how does that work at Inverness? Do you athletes come and they they join they get they join a group, assigned to a group, and then one of the coaches gives them some their own uh, starts to work with them a little bit on their own. How does that work um, up there? Interesting question, Tom. Um, because the way it works at Inverness Highs in practice is that there are, there are three tiers. Um, the, the better runners, so we call them, they tend to meet at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday or a Thursday, either at the Inverness campus where we had the, the 5K, um, or in the vicinity of the track, something's on the track, something's in the canal banks and so on. Um, then there's a second tier which meets at 7 o'clock. I actually oversee that group. I write the sessions and so, so on. Okay. Well, at least I, I do them two sessions a week and you know discuss with them how they can fill that in with with steady running you in and about that and then there's a, a third tier which they're called the joggers i don't actually particularly like that term it's it's, it's historical but uh, you know you'll find these guys out at races as well but you know maybe just not quite as quick as uh, as the others so there are these three tiers in terms of coaching the the, the top group the six o'clock group it's almost coaching by committee um well certainly as far as what i do with jenny I, you know i won't allow there to be more than the minimum of, of compromise in, in as much as if it's decided that sec, session X is happening and it doesn't suit us, I'll say, look, I think we're just going to have to give this, this one a miss. But um, it's usually by negotiation. You know, Jenny's usually in the negotiation. John Newsom's usually in on the, <laughs> uh, the, the negotiation. Um, one or two others, Donnie McDonald, one, one or two others, and they, they come up with what they come up with is actually very good sessions. As I said, the, the, the middle group... Um, I write the sessions and they fill in their own other days with a wee bit of advice from me. 
and the, the so-called joggers, I prefer to call them the Wednesday night group, um, they, they, it's a bit more social, but um, it's, it's fairly structured as well. There, there's um, a, bit of, uh, a bit of direction, I think, for the more experienced runners there. So I, I think it works very well. It must be. It obviously is working well, as I said. You know the, the results that they certainly Inverness the lads are, are getting had a great, a great winter there. I think that's really interesting. And you know a lot of clubs, if I'm honest, including my own, could really learn from is is that is that structuring to get the best out of athletes. So I know, you know, one some of our we've had club runners who've who've made the comment to us that, you know, athletics clubs are becoming you know running is becoming a more mass event. You're getting a much much broader range of runners into clubs which is great at one side but i think we need to be careful that we don't compromise the quality and the of the um you know of the training that the, the, those who are there at the let's say the sharper end are getting um absolutely i, I think you've hit a very big nail on the head uh, there tom that there, there are two sides to this i mean yes as far as i'm concerned i don't mind how slow anybody is if they're, if they're prepared to come in and pull on a club vest and go and run the near 10k, etc, etc, whatever, then they, as far as I'm concerned, they're extremely welcome. But on the other hand, um, I think you've got to remember your your, your top end as well. And um, that's not, well, I was going to say, it's not necessarily compatible. It isn't compatible with, with their needs. So along these lines, I think that our tiered structure probably works fairly well, where for instance, in, t- in 10k terms, um, the, the 6 o'clock group is probably sub-38. Um, the, the 7 o'clock group is probably 38 to 47, maybe, uh, along there. And the Wednesday night group, yeah, many of them will be slower, and they're maybe a wee bit older as well. But as I said, a, a bit more social. But through that, we can cover you know, everything from somebody you know, struggling to, to break the hour Right mm-hmm. up to the kind of stuff that, that, that uh, for instance, John Newsom's doing. That's great, and I think that's that. That's it's a win-win because the club is the club benefits. You're getting everyone across the spectrum's happy. You've you've got a you're promoting running across the spectrum. You're getting good, healthy, you know, membership numbers. Yet at the same time, you're not compromising anyone at the front or the or the backs uh, development, which is which is good. And and yeah, as I say, that's something we're at Metro. It's something we are. If I'm honest, I think we're, we're maybe not got the, quite the right balance yet, but we are working on it, which is uh, which is good. So, um, yeah, but I think I think there's another factor, Tom, as well. Uh, in as much as I, I think clubs are losing out on a lot of folk who are running, but who are not joining clubs. Possibly that's not the kind of thing that they remotely want from running. Well, fair enough. Perhaps a lot of them think that clubs are more elitist than than they really are, which, which would be unfortunate. But for some reason or another, I, I think we and clubs are falling short um, of the kind of recruitment that we could be achieving, um, particularly in the sort of middle range road running uh, bracket in, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also have to say it would be a little bit controversial here, but I actually don't think that Job Scotland did club running any favours at all. Um, it was meant to be a recruiting ground for clubs. I actually think that what it tended to do was to do its own recruiting and then retain people, and the throughput into clubs didn't happen, and as a result, clubs lost out on potential recruits. Absolutely, and you know, I, I'm in a full agreement with that. I mean, I've I, I've been stunned that when I've seen guys in Jog Scotland vests running at half marathons, uh, you know, yeah, 82 yeah. minutes, 78 minutes, you think these guys, you know, it's, on one hand, people are saying, oh, it's great to see. 
Jog Scotland coming through, but I'm thinking these guys are missing out on opportunity to push themselves even further. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other, I mean, the point I think is, and I think, um, Park, I think Parkrun is something that we're really Parkrun's great, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Parkrun. But I think sometimes Parkrun, there's I know quite a few people who get trapped in the I'm running 19 minutes at a Parkrun, I want to get my Parkrun time down instead of coming to an athletics club and maybe not doing Parkrun every weekend. But generally, over six weeks, ten weeks, twelve weeks, of the you know into the year, promote proving themselves that way. Yeah, I think as far as parkrun is concerned, also that there's something compulsive about parkrun, not necessarily among club runners, but in, in terms possibly more of non-club runners, maybe some club runners as well, where you know there's almost this feeling you've got to do it every week, sort of like attending church. You know what I mean? Yes. There, there's, there's an element of that as well, and it would be good if we could sort of break out of parkrun um, and yeah feed into clubs a bit more you know the great thing I like about parkrun is it's free that's a matter of principle mm-hmm. um, for me because uh, you know one of my the bees in my bonnet uh, is the, the vast amounts of money that uh, certain races uh, charge uh, so the great thing about parkrun is, is that it's free but it's this sort of um, more restrictive compulsive thing and yeah there is a parallel I think between between parkrun uh, and uh, and Jog Scotland in that area is maybe preventing people um, from from coming into clubs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, obviously at the, the sharp end of, of athletics in Scotland is healthy. I mean, the Euro Champs last week was obviously a very good example of that. Oh, yeah. And you know, you only have to look at you know even up at marathon level with Robbie and Callum and you know these guys and who are running so well and you know even on, you know at a club level you know and, and Scotland international level you know Jenny Fiona. Nicola, you know, it's it's uh, and you know Mary McLennan who, who's running so well at the moment. Steph Pennycook, really strong. Yeah, we've got the particular, particular girls for the north and northeast, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad you raised that. And I think you know for that, obviously that's strong there. But what what do you what how do you see the strength and the position, the quality a bit more deeper in terms of um, field and Scottish athletics? Because we're forever hearing that the, you know the standard was generally there was higher and there was you know particularly in, in Aberdeen there's a lot of you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago, there was much more, there was a, a lot more people breaking, say, 220 in a marathon. And now we've got, you know, Robbie and, you know, Will McKay's knocking on that door. But really, there's there's not really that huge uh, depth. What, what's your position on, on the depth of quality in Scotland at the moment? Yeah, I think you need to cue the Hovis music uh, there, to be quite honest. You know, if it were better in our day. Um <laughs> It's a complicated issue, that, because there was what I call the first running boom, um, and that was a more competitively orientated running boom, and I think it, it did promote, um, particularly marathon running. It was about marathon running. I think it was about selling night shoes, to be quite honest. I think <laughs> that prompted a lot of the first, uh, the, the first running boom, and marathon was very much at, at, at the centre of it. This one's different. For a start, it's largely um, non-competitive, um, which is one of the reasons why there are so few people coming come into clubs. I think it, it contributes to that. Uh, I realise that I'm beginning to digress on on, on this one, but in, in terms of, of the depth, I'm, I'm just well. I think there's absolutely no doubt that depth in the men's marathon isn't anything like what it, what it was. But on the other hand, I don't think so many male endurance runners are running marathons, and I think that's got a, a, a fair okay. bit to, to to do with it as well. I think it's on the way up. I think. Well, not only distance running, but athletics in Scotland went through a dreadful phase in the latter 1990s. Um, I would blame 
the the uh, the fun athletics uh, fad of of the era, among other things, for that. I think Scottish athletics has found itself um, a bit more. I think it's found itself a bit further um, in more recent, in even more recent years, where whereby I think it is now paying a lot more attention to, to clubs than it did. So I, I think in general we're on the way up. I mean, my goodness, you look at the number of people who are in Rio and the number of people who are just back from Berlin and, and so on and so oh, forth. Yeah. And endurance is leading the charge there. Without a doubt, um, you know, arguably you could possibly say women's endurance is slightly ahead in terms of numbers, but endurance is leading the charge there. So, you know, I think Scottish endurance is in an increasingly improving place at the moment, um, which is which is really good to see. And um, you, you can you can see that in well, for instance, the, the, the likes of the um, the women's 5K championships that we had just a couple of months ago. And indeed, an even stronger field at the at the Inverness Campus Five <laughs> Absolutely, and that and you know that that's something I was really I was really impressed with. And that was that you know, Kyle and I talked a lot about it, and obviously we saw you that evening. That was really cool. It was a really local event, low key, but a quality field. And and I don't think there's enough events promoting that. You know, promoting and by quality field, you know, it's not we're, you know it's not an elite. That's by no means an elite race. I mean, the standard for the A race was in 1930, and there was a a B race anyway, so it was it was an inclusive event, yet promoting quality fast running, which I think is missing. Well, as far as that one was concerned, uh, we got the idea from the podium 5K in Barriford near Manchester. Jenny myself went down uh, there at the beginning of April, and she got a great PV, and we just looked at it and thought, hang on, we need someone like this. And as it happened, a couple of um, months later, Mary went down, and she got a PV there as well. Um, so I, I sort of came up with the idea and Ross Cairns took on the um, the organisation, and it uh, it worked fine. For some reason or other, the time that night was 25 <laughs> seconds down for, for for everybody. I know you and Fiona got PB, so I think you can actually add an extra um, add an extra tick in the box there for, for that because just for everybody else's times were, were were down by ballpark 25 25 seconds. But you know, if we can get that sorted, uh, we're looking at a slight difference on on, on the route. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for that, not only in Inverness but right across the place. It's almost the BMC of road running. Yeah, and that and, yeah, it was it was great, and I, I think actually your next one you'll see. I think you'll see more names. I know a lot of guys who, even in Aberdeen, who you know running at that stand as well, who 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 are thinking, crikey, I'm going to get involved next time. It, you know, it's a, a really good field, and I, and actually I think we're one thing we're looking at doing is trying to position the Beach 10K next year. A bit more like that, and try and look at making that uh, a race. You know, we were every the last two three years we've had the trio of you know Mike O'Donnell, Graham B, um, coming down. Gordon Lennox came down as well, which is great. You know, really feeling that field, and we're I think we're going to try next year really push that to be a a fast, really promote that as an event to come here and have a, a good a good ding dong in terms of racing, which would be cool. That's the one in May, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, uh, June first weekend. Usually it's the first Tuesday night of June. First um, Tuesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember we'd been thinking about that one this year, but decided to do the um, the, the Great Manchester Run instead. Uh, okay. and the roast thing. Oh yeah, uh, of might have been better than Aberdeen Steve yeah, I think you would have. Yeah, I think I saw something from Kenny Wilson, who was uh, I think he melted on that course that day. Um, That's right. Kenny was down with us as well. Yeah, very good. So on. So I mean, the 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 five k we talked about Inverness. That's a nice lead into into 5k training and you know we've got a lot of a lot of listeners who've 
who are not running, you know, the ultras that Kyle are doing or, or focusing on, you know, half in the marathon, which I'm doing, and they are looking at trying to get the 5K times down. It's, um, you know, I, personally, I think it's a distance that is that too many people do skip over. Um, and it's been great to hear from listeners who are keen to, to look at their training for 5K. So, you know, what... What if, and you know, if an athlete comes comes to you and says, "Charlie, I'm looking to work towards a 5K." You know, in the you know, as I say, a few months' time. What what's how do you look at what sort of advice do you or, or building a, a, a schedule for them or um, do you do you tend to look at? Well, when we were discussing setting this uh, this discussion up, uh, we, we we spoke about this, and I thought about it. I thought. That's actually a very difficult question to give a definitive answer to because there are so many possible answers. I mean, well, as I said before, athletes are individuals. So for a start, you know, a variety of individual characteristics of the athlete will, will intervene here for a start. Mm-hmm. Then there's the, the, there's the context in which you're looking at. You know, is it, is it somebody coming from 1,500 metres upwards or probably more likely um, 10K and a half miles and downwards? What, what part of the programme does it... Um, uh, does it involve? I think I suspect the audience that we're most likely to be looking at here are folk who are doing 10k's and half marathons, maybe the odd marathon, yes. who are looking at extending their repertoire downwards to 5k. Absolutely. So you know, without a doubt, speed um, and uh, you know, quality, endurance, and speed—that that's got to be that's got to be top of the list, and that means fairly high quality, fairly high quality efforts. I mean, if you look at somebody to be trying to um, get to, to 17 minutes for 5k. Um, that's what 5:30 a mile um, racing speed. So you know they're really needing to be doing reasonably substantial efforts at maybe a k or, or 800 and, and, and so on at, at significantly faster than that. You know maybe a you know k is in about 3:15 or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 800s and in, in, in maybe 2, 2:35. Uh, or, or something, something like that. I mean, that I think is essential. I think the worst thing you could do would be to go seven days a week, every week, run seven miles at seven minutes a mile. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that I think would, would get you, that would get you absolutely, absolutely nowhere. So I think that the general, um, the, the general top line has to be increased at the faster component. Not down as far as far as sprinting or anything like that, but um, it, it's sustained, sustained speed. But don't bash these sessions out every day either, because that will catch up with you. You'll get away with it for two or three weeks, and eventually the, you know, the, the constant oxygen debt, uh, you know, I, I think, will cause cumulative fatigue. Um, you need to get the, the, the sort of time to get the super compensation in, and so on. So I, I think that that's probably the the best general advice I, I could give. But that would depend, as I said, very much on the athlete's individual characteristics. And the athletes' individual requirements. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, I mean, you, that's an interesting point you make about, you know, making sure it's not you're not you know flogging yourself every day and you're giving yourself proper recovery. A typical week, would you? I mean, do you your the five five k athletes I mean some something around two sessions on a long run a week or how 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 yeah. do they, that sort of, yeah, that sort of structure? Yeah, absolutely. You 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 know right in the head there. Um, you're talking about. Um, Two sessions of the kind that um, I mentioned, or you know maybe one in in the bracket I was talking about, 800 uh, k reps, or three minutes, five minutes, whatever, uh, and you know something maybe more in in, in the the one to two and a half minute uh, area there. 
I tend to use duration rather than distance, mind you. Um, okay. It, it, it's simpler. You, know, you, you, you get the same effect. And for instance, the group that I spoke about trains at six o'clock um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's almost always, unless it's on the track, it's almost always by, by duration. It, it just means that the group can be more easily managed. It can regroup a, a, lot, more, a lot more easily. But yeah, um, two, two sessions, and then of course, well, I'm not too much into over-frequent racing either. Um, once a fortnight is, is, is ideal, ideal for me. But yeah, then you know the longer the longer run as well. I'm obviously topping up to well, my norm. It would be six days a week. I'm, I'm not a believer in seven day a week training. That that was um, that was something that I remember Bill Walker, the you know, the renowned sprints coach, uh, when I trained with his uh, group myself and as a student. Said to me, he said, yeah, you always need a day for the self. I remember what he said, you need a day for the self to recover. You know, I think he's dead right. I think yeah. I mean, we, that's something Kyle Kyle was talking about last week. He's he started seeing the you know the the benefits of of a, of a really taking a day off. I don't know if Kyle's getting old now or not, but that's just you know really the the importance of having a day just to to recover. And, and would you would you recommend someone cross trains on that day and does does their strength and conditioning on that day or um, or does a, a proper full rest? Occasionally, I might do a bit of strength and conditioning that day, but I. Tend to coincide. I tend to coincide strength and conditioning with a day where the, 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 there's a steady run that's just not too demanding on the go. Um, okay. As far as strength and conditioning concerned, I'm, I'm a believer in twice, at least twice a week, um, because the, the, the statistics show that twice weekly strength and conditioning is much more than twice as effective as once a week. And in fact, a throws coach of my acquaintance once said. Strength and conditioning once a week, not worth doing. But, I mean, a throws coach would say that, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the strength and conditioning, I, I would prefer to... I actually do it off the back of a, a not-too-demanding uh, steady run. Okay. And one well, interesting point you made there was, you know, the re- frequency of racing. Now, again, just to touch back on, you know, part one's a good example. And I've, we've got a lot of, I've seen a lot of guys at the club who will run... Ra- I mean, they are racing every week. Effectively, at park run, I don't, you know, I don't care if they say it's not a race. People are yeah, racing. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're right, folks. It's only a park run, but mentally and physically, it's still a race. Absolutely. And so, you, so you say two, you know, two times a, you know, once a fortnight is the is 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 frequently enough. Do you do you, do you see a benefit of 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 training and having a, a race, um, say a, a a few weeks where you you know building up towards a couple of goal races when it's five k or or do you tend to um, sprinkle races throughout a, a training block or, or sort of a part of the season? Well, to a fair extent, you're in the hands of the, the, the fixture list there. True. Um, the way I work with, with, with Jenny, there, there, are, there, there are two periods of the year where there just happen to be important clusters of races. Um, in you know, the, the, the spring, around about May, uh, there's well, it's centred around the Scottish 5K Championship, but there's also um, the likes of Balmoral, which is uh, you know an excellent event. Mm-hmm. Um, we go there every, every year we can. Um, and Barrowford, uh, the, the podium dropped in, in in that bit as well. So, so we had this, this cluster of of, uh, of pretty decent 5Ks. And then later on, it's just coming up. Um, there's a there, there's a series of 10Ks. You're beginning with um, the Scottish Championships at uh, Stirling on the, the 9th of September. 
and that will go right through to the Leeds Abbey Dash um, on the, the 4th of, of November. Uh, and all it's needing plugged is, could, could do with something in the, the middle of October. Out with that, um, yeah, there, there are some big races out with that as well. Arm, the, the Armagh uh, Women's 3K and 5K for men. Kenny and, and, and Jenny have both been there a couple of times and, and um, you know, they, they swear by it. Um, but that comes at a rather strange time in, in, in February and so on. But then you, know, you, you fill it in with things like the Prom 3K, 3K in the green, um, and you know, there, there are lots of things about, but that's the way it works. But sometimes your ideal phasing and scheduling of races is compromised by what the fixture list has an offer. Yeah, no, I, I can I find that quite frustrating. I was, you know, I really was looking to get a 10k in July, and to be honest, I couldn't find. Although I can teeth in July. It's absolutely, and to be fair, I've just as I discovered in this heat wave, probably for good reason. Um, it's uh, not an ideal time. And what about cross country? I mean, is that cross country? I know a lot of personally, I've benefited. I've found I've benefited. Okay, more on the half marathon training, but when I've had you know a couple of say once a month the cross country race through the through the winter, I felt that's really brought me. It's really benefited me coming into spring. Um, is that something? Is that something you? You, you've, you've recommended to your athletes in the past or do you tend to, with your t- track and shorter distance athletes, try and keep them on the shorter stuff rather than waste of time on, on a, a sort of longer f- cross country? Well, on, on that one, I, I would quote Miss Jean Brody on the, the girl guides for those who like that sort of thing. That is the <laughs> sort of thing they like. Um, I, per- personally, I, I mean, me as an individual, uh, you know, I, I was never a great cross country uh, fan, basically because I, I, I wasn't very good at it. I'm not good on, on, on rough surfaces. Um, Jenny's the same. Now, whether this is something she's picked up as a wee girl in the family, and I've come <laughs> home moaning like fury at having to go three times around Grand Park and Forest, um, or whether it's you know, part of her as well, I suspect more the, the, the latter. Um, I, I don't know, but she's not done cross-country for six years. Oh, wow. um, and funnily enough, it was when she stopped cross-country completely that the improvement uh, began to um, build up. I suspect that was also a change from a rear foot to a forefoot uh, impact as well, um, technically, you know, during that period as well. But, yeah, if it, um, if it, if it suits you, yeah, I, I would say yes, because what it also does is it gives you variety. Now, in, in our situation, one of the difficulties I have is, is finding variety because I don't have the, the cross-country option. Um, on the other hand, other athletes are um, you're absolutely comfortable in that kind of thing. I mean, Mary and Anna McFadden, for instance, um, you know, they're, they're very comfortable in the, in the cross-country yeah. um, environment. Whereas Nicola, Nicola Gold, I, I don't think, I think she's kind of like Jenny, she doesn't touch it at all. Um, <laughs> what about Fiona? Does she do the odd one? Yeah, she does the odd one. She, I think, to be fair, Fiona did a lot of cross-country when she was younger and she's, she she's run it more and more recently and she's she enjoys it also i think you know at uni the running for the uni hair and hounds there's a cross country was a big part of that and now metro we tend to take quite a big turnout so if i'm going down anyway there's a there's an interest but to be honest her she'll probably kill me for saying this her interest is definitely waning i think after every cross country regardless how well she does it's always give me a bit of tarmac that's all she wants now Uh, yeah 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 i know exactly where you are there so, uh, so yeah, that's the, but that's, that, that's interesting. You mentioned Nicola. That's another, you know, Nicola and Jenny are great examples of, of two athletes. And I've, you know, you know, known them both. Don't I've never I've seen either of them on a bit of 
bit of mud before, but yeah, are running obviously running really well, so it's doing them no harm. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good for us though. So the just on the five on the five five k training then in terms of mileage, I mean, if we're you know in term, and I know every athlete is different, but one one question we've had is those who are coming down from ten k and half marathon, should they be looking at reducing their mileage and increasing quality? You know, the the fear is oh, I'm not doing a marathon or a half marathon, my long run needs to come down. Is that from A in terms of a mileage and B a long run and C the the proportion of your weekly mileage along runs taking up? What what do you um what do you recommend there? Again, you know, you, you said it there in, in in the question. It very much depends um, on, on on the individual. Um, I've never had to manage a situation where someone's been coming down in distance. Um, but you know, I think it's inevitable that uh, you would do a lower mileage if the, the strong focus is on 5K compared with 10K and a half marathon. Um, but you know, as I was suggesting earlier on in, in terms of the effort sessions, you know, they need to be there well above the 5K um, racing pace. The tempo runs probably need to be a, a, a bit faster as well. Um, further, the long runs need to be shorter. It depends on how long the long runs have previously been, um, okay. I, I think. But, I mean, if if you've got, for instance, 12 miles down the long run, that's, you know, a fairly large multiple of your racing distance. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's that, that's quite interesting. And on the tempo, you mentioned, I mean, someone is, how would you, what length and pace for a, a tempo run would you, recommend for someone who's training for a 5k well i don't i'm i've never been very keen on slow mileage anyway unless there's something definitely to recover from um i like to keep mileage um, probably within about a minute a mile of the 10k racing pace um for instance you know seven and a half minutes a mile i'd rather not um, I'd prefer it to be nearer six and a half than seven and a half. Mm-hmm. If someone is doing a, a 10k, you know, five and a half. Yeah. If you see what I mean, and yeah. I think that probably extrapolates further if you're if you're talking about um, the five k as well, because you're going to be another you're going to be another 15, 20 seconds a mile off the top of my head faster again. And I think it does need to to reflect. I mean, in fact, that that gets me going on on, on one of my pet series about training for running as a whole. I look at it as, you know, because, well, because I've coached sprints and hurdles as well, I look at that continuum from the 60 metres indoors right up to, to ultras. And what you, what you do depends on what point in the continuum you want to maximise or optimise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you've got your free energy systems as well. Where well, what I wouldn't do is you know do this very mechanistic scientific thing and say it's got to be this percent, that percent, that percent. But that's a starting ballpark, and then you fine tune that in terms of the the athlete's individual individual needs, which means different people may, may very well have different schedules for the for the same event. But I'm a great believer in looking at almost the biochemical um, requirements of the event, um, and then tuning it to the individual athletes. Uh, uh, needs, if you like. And when, when you say biochemical element, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I mean, without going too deeply in, in, in the science, you, you, you've got your aerobic energy system, you've got your lactic anaerobic energy system, and uh, you've got your alactic uh, 
system as well, and that's in decreasing order of uh, order of duration. And you know, which, whichever distance or length of time you, you, you're, you're running maximally for, um, each of the three will kick in at, uh, at, at different different events. I mean, for instance, the, the, the different different extents rather. I mean, for instance, the the lactic run is at its maximum in the sort of 400 to 1,000 meters of roughly um, bracket, whereas the aerobic one is is doing virtually all of it for you um, at uh, at 10,000. Whereas the the, the lactic and aerobic one, well, that's more the stuff of uh, of 100 and 200 meters, 400 as well to an extent. So you, you know you, you need I think you need to get a balance there, but what I would uh, certainly caution on is do not get um, carried away by uh, rigid percentages. Um, just use that as a guide and then um, fine-tune it with the athlete's individual needs. So what, what, So I guess what I'm, getting, what I'm picking up here is that really, I mean, there's two main takeaways I see. Is that one, individualisation is important and athletes should really be looking you know really looking at what works for them working you know in the best case working with a coach to 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 have a uh, a plan and you know week by week that is for them working them and and secondly they should be working all the systems and not focusing just on okay they may focus on one you know at 5k clear they're going to be focusing on you mentioned getting really getting getting the speed in if they're coming down but um yeah really trying to ensure that they work all their systems yeah, although to be realistic, the the, the sprints one, the the lap road one, that uh, is of you know, probably minimal importance in, in terms of the, the sort of distances we're talking about. That's more the stuff of that's more the stuff of the sprinter. But I think what I'm also looking at here is that folk often say, you know, is coaching an art or is it a science? Well, I think it's both. Mm. The combination of the two. I mean, the scientific bit's always stuff about energy systems, which you know I wouldn't you know, bore people with too much. But then, you know, the, the artistic bit is using your intuition, your experience and so on to, to, to fine-tune that. And there's also an art in, in athlete management uh, as well. So, you know, it, it is, in my view, a combination between um, art and science. We see what happens with, with field events where, you know, there's a lot of physics going to, goes into, um, you know, particularly for the high jump. Um, so an interesting insight there, I think, into this combination of uh, the art and the science, but yeah, that, I think that's what you do. You, you you combine the two, and you come up with what is the optimum, or what you hope will be the optimum outcome for the individual concerned. That was brilliant. Thanks very much for that, Charlie, and uh, well done to the to the interviewer Tom as well for for the questions. So really insightful and quite enjoyable to to hear Charlie's views as well. So. We Fantastic. Are, I've, so I've got to say, Kyle, we are definitely getting Charlie back on, and we're definitely going to have a, a pint with him and discuss some of these things further with you and I. Oh, That's absolutely. Happening. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I do like a, I do like a pint while I'm chatting about running. There's there's no doubt about that. You know, I'm I, I currently having a a, a brew dog jackhammer just now, a seven percenter. I'll have you know. Which you put one, me to one of them. Exactly, one of them's giving me the confidence to talk straight on and running shorts for two hours or so so uh, apologies if I've bored people today I don't mean to um, I try my best it's all you can do isn't it absolutely Tom's drinking his uh, water just now are you is that what you got I, there is that it's, squash it's, you? It's orange squash mate you know me too well orange squash you, you hard you're hardcore tonight <laughs> aren't you hardcore right so 
a few races coming up, don't we? Um, we do. Now, one one race that we we like I mentioned before, we we had one of the um, someone asking if you can promote one of our races. Now, this is the um, the Mormon Hill race. So this race is happening on the first of September. It's uh, <coughs> sorry, but I've got. I think that beer has gone down the wrong the wrong throat. Um, so it's on the first of September. Um, where, where, do you know where about it is, Tom? The, the Mormon Hill race. The Mormon uh, Hill It's race. a local race, summer. But I'm sure if you type it in, you'll you'll manage to get the details um, of of the race. But it's in Aberdeenshire. So that, uh, it's a fantastic we we race um, over five miles of, of climbing, a good bit of climbing, five miles, uh, six hundred feet of of climb, fantastic views to the at the top, very well organised trail race, um, and yeah, it's it starts in the football pitch and it's a little bit of road before you you go back on the grass track, you climb up a wee grassy trail. Uh, Past uh, the White Horse in the Hill. I don't know that, that White Horse. If that's a uh, if that's a pub or if that's actually a White Horse. Uh, <laughs> and it follows the trail. <laughs> follows the trail through it, the gorse I bushes. It, I hope it hasn't buggered off and just ruined all the all the. Ah, uh, I know. Yeah, well, people. I'd be I'd be going in the field <laughs> looking for the White Horse. If it was me, I would be going back down the hill. Uh, it goes through the through the gorse bushes. I hope it doesn't go through the gorse bushes. It doesn't. Jabby in the bump, the, the, the bump. Uh, climbs up Hunter's Lodge at the peak, then it descends back down on the stony grassy farm track, past the quarry, back along another grassy track, um, and then it rejoins the road that you started on back to the finish, and there you go. But you, you can, if you want to enter, uh, go to Entry Central and search for the Mormon Hill Run, and it's good value. Um, and once online entry closes, uh, it will. It's ten pound at the moment online. You can enter on the day, but it costs fifteen pounds. So nice and cheap. And yeah. the race entry fee actually goes to the funds of Mormon Thistle Football Club in Ritchie Hall, Stricken. So it's probably near Stricken. It is near Stricken, is. which is about it's, uh, like, it's about an hour north of Aberdeen. So if you're yeah. a Central Belt runner. This is probably not for you, but yeah. for our northeast listeners, which we know you are many in your numbers, uh, why don't you have a think about the the, the Mormon Hill race? That's right, and uh, the sponsors for our Explore Running um, is one of the three sponsors, along with White Horse Hotel and the restaurant and Kalon Beauty. So they, there you go. That's that's um, on the first of September, so a couple of weeks away. Um, but in terms of uh, upcoming races, we have the not not a huge amount really. Uh, we've got the near and half marathon, uh, and that's yeah. going to be part of the Highland Games. I know that you can enter on the day. Um, you can also uh, a lot of these Highland Games you can enter on the day, which is which is great. I do believe you can also enter online as well. So so online entry is now closed for the the the, the near and half marathon. But you can, yeah, as you say, you can enter on on the day. There, there you go, there you go. Tom's done his research. Um, other than that, Tom, is there any other races which are on oh the, on the radar? I know there's one other race I was going to mention briefly, but is there anything else you you, you no, want to mention? Not so that one. Got... I think no. No. So there's the Scottish Hill Running, Scottish Athletics Hill Running Championships are. Um, going to be run on this this Saturday. It's part of the Ockels Hundred, Ockel Hundred is that right? Um, in near Stirling, 
and that's uh, that's also open for entries. So if you do want to enter, I know the entries are limited. You can enter online. It might possibly be closed now as we speak because it is a Thursday night. Um, but yeah, you can enter on the day. Again, it will cost a little bit more uh, on the day. But um, if you do want to enter, you better enter quick because there isn't that many spaces left. Very good. So there you so go. The that only, is and the, that. And, bef- and before we wrap, the last race that's coming up that we will talk about next week. We've got some. We've got a great bit of pre-race hype for you next week. But of course, a week on Sunday is the Great Aberdeen Run. So Kyle and I are both getting our heads down for that. And next week we will bring you a race preview with we've uh, we've got special access to some of the 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 organising team and some of the race favourites. So we will we will be giving you some of that next week. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an exciting. Um... So, as always, as I mentioned before, um, if you do want to get in touch, you can Facebook us. Encourage, you know, we encourage you to like uh, our Facebook page, Tartan Running Shorts. We also have Twitter, Tartan Shorts, and we have an email address as well, Shorts at gmail.com. So, right, right. Have a good week. Bye. See you later, folks. Bye.